Can I just say, folks, I haven't been asleep yet. I've got really bad insomnia, so my contribution today might be minimal. Oh, Maureen, don't worry. We'll we'll hold the fort for you. We just need you to lean in every now and again and say something ridiculous. Okay, well, I should be I should be able to manage that quite easily. Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, more younger and the dashing kind charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Just to explain to our listeners, we couldn't find a time where we could record apart from 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I mean, it's entirely my fault. It's just, it's half term. So it's just really hard to fit. Well, it was all our faults. Our diaries couldn't meet. And anyway. I mean, but mainly mine. <laughs> it's mainly yours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be nice there. And um, so for once. And um, so anyway, so I've been awake all night. I mean, look at me. I've, my eyes aren't even open. Well, I'm still in my nighty. I mean, out of all of us, surprisingly, Alison has made the most effort, as usual. Hey, I put on some earrings and some lipstick, guys. Ha- hang on, I've had a shower. Have you? My hair's wet. Well, we can't tell by watching. Oh, we- I just thought it was just oh, greasy. Yeah. <laughs> I've got wet hair. Jenny's actually been the most, she's done the most prep work. Yeah, I haven't had a shower. I've probably been up longer than you, even though we're starting at eight. I have been awake. No, I've been up all night, so you haven't been up longer than me. Oh, no, in this instance, I haven't been up longer than you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's a rare thing, actually. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't believe you're still going from yesterday. I'm almost excited to see what comes out of your mouth this morning. I mean, who knows? I mean, excited might be the wrong word. <laughs> Apprehensive. <laughs> By the way, um, Alison, me and Jen went to see Marcus Birdman's show on Sunday. Yes. How was lovely Marcus Birdman's show? Who would we have had as a guest on the show? Really good show. So if it's ever, if you ever get a chance to see it, it's about him having a, his second stroke. So you wouldn't think it was comedy gold, but it was very, very funny. It was really good. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. It was just back to back jokes. Like, uh, and also it was really, there was a lot of pathos and it was really, he was quite vulnerable in it. It was great. I've never, it's his best show by far. And if you get a chance to see it, I mean, the thing is, 
I don't know when he'll be doing it again, but when we when he has another date, we'll, we'll mention it on WTB and, mm. and, and I'd urge you to go and see it because it's such a great hour and it's zipped by. And that, that's how you know it's a good hour. And also you know it's a good hour because it was a Sunday. Jen never goes anywhere on Sundays. She always stays at home on Sundays. And I don't like going out on Sundays. And we both went on a Sunday in absolute torrential rain. To yeah, watch it. I mean, to be fair, it could have been a shit show and I would have gone because it's Mark. <laughs> <laughs> because this is my friend. And I would have gone anyway, It just as a bonus that it was brilliant. It was a really good show. And yes, I don't like going out on a Sunday because that's usually my only night off. So, although saying that, it's not on tour. <laughs> <laughs> but he's filming it, so it must it's going to come out somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be on Next Up or something. Yes, that is true. It'll be. What's the name of the show? What was the name of his show? Oh, the unbearable. The unbearable. The unbearable something lightness of. <laughs> thanks for thanks for putting us on the spot there, Alice. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Turns about to Google the unbearable. It's a it's a thing on that book by Foucault, isn't it? The unbearable lightness of, of, of almost being or something. Being, of almost not being or something. The bearable heaviness of nearly not being. <laughs> Close. Oh, my God. Okay. We were, well, we were kind of there. What was the name of the show, guys? The bearable <laughs> heaviness. Just the voice of God. Oh, it, it just arrives from nowhere. I'm going to have to interrupt these three middle-aged women to correct them on the... Alison, stop asking us for details. Um, no, why are you asking us? I'm sorry. Honestly. I'm trying to create conversation. I'll stop. I'm having a week because on Saturday I was um, emceeing at uh, Backyard and then about four in the afternoon, Alison, I got a text from Top Secret going, oh, just confirming your two shows later today. And I'm like, what? Get this, I had half an hour to get between Top Secret and start emceeing backyard if there's anyone that i know could do it it's you she made it though. i made it though but it was like i had like yeah. a half an hour gap where i and it's gonna t- it takes me 23 minutes so everything had to run on time which luckily it did but it was like i had a seven minute even maureen ran she ran like the wind i walked up an escalator which very rarely happens but i walked up oh she got her bloody steps in i did get my steps in i was like oh. so you haven't seen three shows that day no, I was only I did sets in the other two, but um, so oh, okay. I, by eight o'clock I'd done two shows, and then I got to that stage. I don't know if when you've you've t- doubled or tripled up, because it's emceeing. So you know, like in a set, you kind of know where your jokes are. Yes. But as an MC, you mix them. You know, you throw them in at different times depending on what comes up. So I was like, Have I done this joke here? Have I, was that earlier? <laughs> Oh, like you couldn't remember if you'd done the joke or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you're like, oh, I mean, I've done it today twice, but have I? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know what happened because I, I didn't put it in the diary because I wanted to check with Dan if I could do that because it's a very tight double up. And then, of course, I obviously couldn't have checked with him and then I didn't put it. <laughs> and to finish off the day, uh, there were two Spanish women there who'd stayed in England specifically to come and watch me. Oh. And I was like, What? I said, I mean, how do you know me? They went, YouTube. Oh, well, there you go. That's great. I'm loath to say it, but this internet really works. (laughs) Did we mention Jane got recognised the other week? I mean, one man in Birmingham noticed who I am. This guy stopped. He went, went, oh, my God, it's not every day you see a celebrity drinking coffee in the street. You should have seen the eyes in Maureen's head roll (laughs) right into the back of her head. (laughs) I love that it happened so much with Maureen. I can't even stand it. That's fantastic. And then he walked away and she went, celebrity? And I went, look, let's not question it, okay? And then he went to me, I don't know who you are. I'm not trying to put you down. I went, you couldn't if you tried. 
Maureen keeping it light there. Um, this, I was going to say, this is why Maureen uh, remembers the incident. I was on the brink of thinking this could edge into a confrontation very quickly. So I had to do all the talking. Go, okay, well, thanks very much. Uh, yes, really nice to talk to you. Bye-bye, bye, bye, bye. Maureen, given that you haven't slept all night, you really, you hit the ground running at the podcast I know, I'm going gaga. I was just going to ask Alison what she's been up to. <laughs> I love that Maureen fills us in on what both she and Jen have been doing. So this is what we've been up to. I don't need to speak. You don't need to hear from me. Maureen's covered my bit. I mean, to be honest, I want this over in about 10 minutes. <laughs> and sadly, Maureen, this, this will go on for as long as it goes on, okay? Yeah. Maureen's like, if I talk quicker, it will be over quicker. No, it will still be the same amount of time. No, there's still sections. we still got tons of stuff. Oh, Glasgow. I was oh. in Glasgow. There we go. Oh, yes, you were in Glasgow. Great city. Love Glasgow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, it was grey. And what? it was drizzly a little bit, but it was not raining. And in fact, anytime I had to what? walk somewhere, it was not raining. So I feel like the weather gods were smiling on me. Uh, God, it's such a pretty city, too. Glasgow, Glaswegians, you have such a pretty city. Great restaurants. I really like Glasgow. I have to say, I decided this weekend if I had to live somewhere in Scotland. I'd go Glasgow. Yeah, it's a great city. I really like it. You get more bang for your pound. Yeah. Uh, they got everything you need there. It's lovely. Don't get me wrong. Edinburgh is a beautiful city, but it's kind of like the capital. I've now decided any place I go to, I'm never going to live in the capital. I want to go for the, the city that is just slightly, you know what I mean? Yeah, second city. I'm here, I'm here in Manchester. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's the West End I love in Glasgow. It's great, isn't it? Really nice cafes oh. and restaurants and bars and just mooching about. And there's like nice little parks and stuff to like walk around. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It was gorgeous. And the audiences are lovely. I like Scottish audiences. Uh, English audiences, I love you too, don't get me wrong. But Scottish audiences, they, it's, I don't get to perform for them enough, I guess. I, that's why I like them so much. They're very direct. If they like you, they love you. And if they hate you, they hate you. <laughs> I've experienced both. And they got no problem telling you. With their eyes, with their voices, yeah. oh, with their faces, with their with their voices, with their voices, with their voices. <laughs> well, at least you know where you stand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I like it. I like it. I love a Scottish audience, particularly. You don't get it so much in Edinburgh, but in Glasgow, you're like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna let you know exactly how we feel about you. Yeah. It was great. I had a, a real fun time. And travel, trains were fine too. Not that I mean to go wow. on about that, but in in this country at this time, in the UK, uh, in North America, I don't know if you guys know this, but they really travel by trains a lot here, and they are fucked, fucked. right now. Fucked. That's true, because in America, I, I did take Amtrak, and I've never met an actual American who's been on an Amtrak train. Americans don't ever seem to take the train. I loved it. I loved Amtrak. They, I mean, they were yeah. late, but they were great trains. Fantastic. I don't think they've got that same sort of... I mean, we're such a tiny country. Our infrastructure That's is so exactly different. exactly it. We can connect. And even there's parts of this country that we haven't connected particularly well, but... You know, if you think about the States as a continent, isn't it? I don't know how. It's I mean, I don't, even, I don't even know how much that would cost to, like, cover that country in trains. And then the upkeep of it and how much that... I mean, they're not they're not big on tax, are they? So, I mean, it'd be, it'd be really difficult to maintain those tracks. But I would love to take a train. Because it is like the movies, because there's an observation car and there's a restaurant. And oh, just, really? And you get porters. And, I, I mean, I've wow. I'll tell this story on stage. But I'm, um, but wait a second, Maureen. How long ago were you on a train? In the 90s. It was yeah, the 90s. Okay. okay. It might have changed by now. It might have. I don't know. But, like, I remember this porter. He was a really lovely guy, and he was chatting to me, and he said, oh, what do you do for a living? And I went, actor. 
And he went, oh, I recognise you. I was like, I, I mean, I, I really don't think you do. I'd been on one thing on British TV by that point. And he went, yeah, um, it's Maureen, isn't it? I was like, yeah. Well, don't tell me, Maureen Younger. I was like, oh, my God, you recognise me? And he went, no, your name's on the ticket. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's a comedian. <laughs> and it was really funny because he really, even though I knew there was no way he could have recognised I was like, he knows my name. And also, this is pre-internet. He's pre <laughs> How the hell would he have known who you are, Maureen? I know. Watch me as Claire Cameron in a programme called The Search or something. Yeah, yeah for like <laughs> 10 seconds. I mean, but anyway, I did fall for it. Yeah, but uh, it's all of us who have a little bit of an ego. We go, oh, I think you do recognise. It's like here, even when people are like, uh, if you say you're a comedian, which nine times out of ten I do not do. If I'm in a taxi or if I'm communicating with, I'll be like, oh, I say accountant because nobody asks any questions beyond. I say marketing because nobody asks any questions. Oh, that's good. I once said events and then they went, oh, what kind of events? And, and I you're went, like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Big ones? <laughs> <laughs> Too complicated to talk about. They're very, very big events. If I do say comedian, and then they'll be like, oh, I thought I recognized you. Have you been on TV? And sometimes I just go, yeah, you may have seen me on something. Even though I've been on yeah. no TV here. But, uh, you know, I'm like, do you watch Canadian television? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good out. I'm big in Canada, mate. Anyway, just move along. I hate talking about what I do for a living at all with anyone ever. Um, I don't know really why, but the second somebody asks me about my job, I can feel myself going, oh, shut it down, shut it down. Because inevitably, people say things that just irritate me. Oh, do you play the comedy club? What? I love going to the the comedy club, which is whatever <laughs> is their club in their town yeah. is the comedy club. And no. I'm like, have you played the comedy club? You... Mate, yeah, probably, if I knew the name of it. I could Do you know you. what? I went on a terrible blind date with an American millionaire. I mean, we had nothing in common. It was horrendous. And, um, you know, obviously he knew I was a comic. And then one of the things he said to me, he, he lived in America. He was over here for whatever, some time. And he just went, um, I'm going to do a really terrible American accent. He went, um, he goes, do you have comedy clubs here? Because, you know, that's what we have in America. And I'm thinking, well, why do you think I perform in my bathroom? It's like, yeah. of course we <laughs> You should have said, no, in the UK, we're such a small, tiny, poor place. Um, I perform in the boot of my car yeah. and people gather round. Yeah. Which is great because I don't even have a car. And also they don't know what a boot is. No, boot. Yeah, that's true. You, you can fit inside a boot? No, the trunk, the trunk of my the car. The trunk, mind. for the, those this, of you listening. Never mind, forget about it. Forget about it, mate. Um, well, we've all had a week. Um, my week has very much blended into Maureen's. Um, <laughs> for once. There's, there's, no, there's no time to go back. What do you mean for once? <laughs> for several, for several weeks. I mean, literally in the last three weeks, you've told everyone what I've been doing. Jen and I, I, I'd like to tell you what I've been doing. No, I'll cover it, Jen. I got it, Jen. Don't you worry about it. Jen was doing this. You can tell it next week. No, don't worry. Don't worry, Maureen. I think given the fact that you were going to take a back seat this morning, you've very much been on the front foot and I've enjoyed it. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> Imagine what she'd be like on a full night's sleep. That should be like a full tank. Great. Yeah. Well, we've all had a week and that's wonderful. Maureen, thank you for filling me in on what I was doing. Alison, I'm glad to know that you had a wonderful time in Glasgow. <laughs> but it's you. time to head back to Maureen. G good God, like we haven't heard enough from her already. Believe it or not, everyone, we, uh, we're we going back to her. And we, there's any number of female Maureens uh, that she could pick <laughs> from that I'm aware of. So let's find out what is Maureen Younger's Bimo Money moment. 
I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, Maureen, I don't, I'm not, I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. Well, I have actually mentioned this online because I was like, oh, for God's sake, Maureen. Anyway, I came home one afternoon and uh, went to open my front door. Couldn't open my front door. Couldn't open it. Couldn't open it. Checked the key. Couldn't open it. Couldn't open it. Thought, and then I started getting a bit neurotic. Like, I thought, that's my neighbour. You know, my neighbour that I'm at war with. Or is at war with me. I thought, oh, maybe she's done something to the lock or something. She's come back and, you know, got, and I was like, no, you're just being nutty, which I was. So I had to go to my neighbours and I had to go, can I climb your fence? Now, I think we can all agree I'm not the most sporty person. I don't, you know, you don't strike me as a climber. No. <laughs> so I had to climb his fence, right? So to get into my back garden. So he went, well, I'll get you the, I'll get you my little ladder, but which is fine because, but then it's like, what do I do once I get over the other side? Because there's no ladder there. So we go and try and find the lowest bit of fence that we can find for me to get over. And there's a little bit of a wall. So I go, I go in this, I lean on his fence. I snap part of the fence off because obviously I'm quite awake. And by this point, he just wants me out of the garden. So he's like, don't worry about it, Maureen, don't worry about it. So I kind of jump over the fence, in which point I've got to explain, obviously I'm in a dress and heels. One of the shoes flies off and manages to squeeze itself between the wooden fence and my wiring, <laughs> wire fencing, right? I've got to explain, it's also been raining, been torrential rain. So it's all just mud and pools of mud where I am. So I'm on one foot because I can't put my foot down because it's all in mud, trying to get my shoe out. Okay. It goes easily in, but will it come out? No, uh -huh, it won't. Uh -huh. So eventually... Um, he goes, you're right, Morton, and then just goes off. Um, I take the shoe out eventually, get the shoe on, get in through the back door. Luckily, uh, that works. And then I don't know how this happened. The snib, as we call it in my family, or the latch, as they call it in English, had somehow gone up. So the door was locked from the inside. Now, it couldn't have happened. I couldn't have closed the door like that because it wouldn't have shut because the lock would be in the way. But somehow the snib or the latch managed to put itself up and lock me out. OK, I am... Right. Okay. And that was why I couldn't get in because it, the, do the, the door was locked from the inside. So your house locked you out? My house locked me out. Okay. But I thought that initially you were going through the front door. Uh, yeah, and I couldn't get through the front door. That's why I had to go through over the back garden and go in through the back door. But and Oh, but you did manage to get into the back door. Right. Okay. Right. And you could... Sometimes if you close a door... Um, the latch goes up. The latch goes up and then it comes back down again. And maybe sometimes when you shake a door seven times, Maureen. <laughs> you check that it's closed. Jen, does, does Maureen shake the door a lot once it's locked to make sure? I, 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 check, I check the door, yeah. I mean, look, I know it's... No, not seven times. It's got to be like in divisions of four. Oh, is it four? I... No, no, it'd be like eight, but... Uh, okay, sorry. Four. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I In my head, I thought it was seven. Apologies. Um, Maureen... And it's a, a thing that she does. So whatever door, it doesn't matter where she is. So she'll close the door and then she just has to pull it. Like, pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it. I do pull it, yeah. In divisions of four. When Sometimes when she's with me, she does 12, just to make sure. Yeah. Um, That's uh, why when some, sometimes when we leave together, like, I make Jen shut the door because we just get away easier, quicker. <laughs> if I'm meeting Maureen outside her hotel room, don't think she doesn't do it to her hotel door. <laughs> I do it to my hotel room. It's I believe one of those that, magnet, yeah. one of those sort of magnetic doors, you know, that lock, <laughs> that, that have the magnet thing that lock. So it doesn't even have a key. You can't. Yeah, it doesn't have a key. You doing that makes a difference. Maureen's like, it's not about that. I 
this is the thing that I do. So don't yeah. question my choices. And I'm like, okay, fine. Da, 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 da. But genuinely, do you think maybe if you if you slammed the door a bit too hard, the latch went up and then boom, went down again? It must have done. I mean, I'm just glad it was the afternoon, not the evening. Do you know what I mean? Could you, try, could you imagine me trying to climb a fence late at night? But the visual is great, isn't it? Morning <laughs> heels, climbing over a fence, breaking a man's fence. Oh, my God, it's dreamy. It's dreamy. <laughs> Dropping a shoe in the mud, pulling a shoe out of the mud, clambering over into the dark in the garden, which is probably like a jungle now, getting to a back door. I'm so glad you got to get in, though, through the back door. Oh, so Can you imagine? I. Could you imagine if I couldn't have got in? Because I'd have to get back over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> well, that's something, Maureen. I, I'm, I'm, I'm loath to say if that's entirely your fault. I mean, that is. <laughs> I mean, the be more Maureen moment of getting over the fence is hilarious. I mean, the, but, the um, visual of that is spectacular. I wish it, we yeah. had a picture. Next time you go to your neighbour, if you have to do anything, please just ask them to take pictures, just for us, for Maureen, our sake. Also, just to let you know, and Alison will agree with me now that Alison is bang on all of the social media. This is your opportunity to to do a little uh, Instagram reel. <laughs> oh no, I did do a little reel about it on my Instagram about no, it. No, 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 no. But I want to see it in the. the I don't want to hear about it. I want to see it. I want to see the visual. No, I yeah. left my handbag in their garden while I was trying to do all this. I wasn't going to try and climb the garden with Maureen, my handbag. there's no point in doing it afterwards. We need it while you're doing it. Do you know what? I had other, other things on my mind. And the other thing was, right, I didn't point out, I was desperate for the loo as well. Yeah, that was... Oh, there's a real urgency then. There was an urgency. Yeah. Hence why you got over the wall so quickly, probably. <laughs> Breaking you, the being... fence. I gotta go. I gotta. <laughs> yeah, your, your bladder propelled you over the top. Yeah, yeah. Maureen, that sounds like um, that sounds like a tough mudder uh, experience for you. <laughs> Maureen, thank you for your tough mudder experience and your be more Maureen moment. It was as again. Look, we've had three absolute bangers in a row. Yes. Where where can we go from here? Only down. <laughs> no. <laughs> Down sometimes is up, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, Alison, me and Jen are going to spend the next weekend touring, so I'm sure something will come up. Jen, can't wait to hear about it. Or we'll experience it. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't need to tell you. Maureen will tell you what I was up to, and then she'll tell you what she was up to. Jen, are you excited to hear about what you did? It's fun. Is it fun to hear? I'm really excited to hear the roundup of what I got up to. Maureen, thank you very much for your beam or Maureen moment. It was an absolute banger, and I'm glad that you got into your home. Alison, Alison, she's got a problem for us that she's gonna solve. And one of the things she'll solve is my terrible singing voice. <laughs> it's time to ask Alison. Jen, never got that long. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, I ain't using it. Okay, here we go. So, thank you. Problems are starting to come in again, everyone, and it's hey, so good. exciting to, to read. Some problems, as we know, I just can kind of generally sum up and, you know, be like, okay, this is it. But there's so much going on with this one. I'm just going to read the full problem because it's pretty fun, everyone. I don't want to okay. say fun. It's not fun for the individual Rodon. This is not fun. But this is this is pretty wild. So here we go. Uh, okay. Our writer writes in, I have a friend at work whose husband I frankly find repulsive. 
I recently described him as a cantankerous cockwombolt to a friend because I honestly don't think any other description is fitting. He also works for the same company, so they all work together. He loves mansplaining to the point that you can say anything at all and he will correct you, even if it's a topic you know a lot about. I will argue back to him, and apparently he finds this hilarious to wind me up. I stopped car sharing with them, so apparently him and his, they're a married couple. Uh, I stopped car sharing with them because he shouted at me a couple of times and was generally acting like a rude dickhead, and he didn't get the hint. It doesn't stop there. This is where it gets good. He has a sex toy hustle on the side and will often ask me to buy his stuff or show me what he's made, like medieval BDSM-related stuff. I've made it clear... I believe, they put in brackets, that this makes me uncomfortable. I have said to him previously, I am open-minded, but I don't want to know what he gets up to in his free time, mainly because I don't want to know about my colleagues having sex. Recently, I've become more convinced he's hitting on me, trying to invite me to have a threesome. Several people around me have agreed it sounds like this. I am bisexual, but in a happy monogamous relationship. He showed up to a coffee I arranged to have with his wife, acted rude to me generally, but then randomly made a comment about inviting me over to their hot tub which he has done a few times. Here's the problem. At what point does this constitute as harassment? And how do I tell him to fuck off? And can I still be friends with his wife if this continues? See what I mean? There's a lot of angles. So I was like, okay, I could just say dealing with someone awkward at work. I could say mansplaining. Part of me was like, I'm going to break it down. And then I thought, no, no, no. You know what I'm going to do for this one? I am just going to think about this like a friend talking to me and what I would genuinely say. So... I was trying to think about all of this because there, there's a lot going on. So I was thinking, I think this problem is really about boundaries. Okay, so you obviously started working. You found two people. You thought they were your people. You got along with them. And now you're realizing, okay, one of them I cannot stand. The other one maybe I'd like to maintain a friendship with. So I think what this problem is, is reintroducing boundaries. And I think a lot of us have run into this in a, a point in our lives where we meet some people, we think they're all right then maybe not so much, and then it's a reintroduction of boundaries. Now, normally I would just be like, whatever, be done with them. But you have to work with them. I get it. Working with people is hard. So how do we do this? Well, first off, I want to say congratulations to you because you've already started to set some boundaries because you are no longer carpooling with them. I think that was a great thing to do. You removed yourself from that situation because obviously he's he's trying to get you, which kind of makes me think this person is a bit of a narcissist. So anyway, uh, the sex toy stuff, I mean, obviously, yeah, I believe that for anyone to bring that up at a work. And here's what I wanted to know. Is he is he showing this to other people? Are other people having to put up with his sex toy chat? Or is this just you? Uh, you mentioned before that, you you know, other people have seen him invite you to the hot tub and stuff. So it sounds like there is weird be- or not work conducive behavior. So I think I would simply say, like, hey, I don't want to hear about it. And if you bring it up again, I am going to go to HR because this sort of talk makes me feel uncomfortable. I totally agree. I would suggest she keeps a diary, keeps a diary of everything he's done. And says, if you do that again, and she's got to, you've got to, if you make this ultimatum, then you've got to carry on with it. Yeah. Uh, Because he shouldn't be saying that, he shouldn't be showing that type of stuff in a work environment. No. So I will report you to HR. Absolutely. And if there's no HR, then what you do is you ask who else has seen this? If, if you're like, oh, I, I, people have seen him, you know, ask me about threesomes, then just be like, you heard that, right? And then write that down. Write yeah. That, make it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it publicly. He'll just say it's banter, but it, it's irrelevant. 
I mean, just, that's what he'll say. He'll just say, it's banter, you haven't got a sense of humour, blah, blah, blah. But if you're showing somebody sex toys, it's like showing porn or something like that. It's not, yeah, you're, not like, you're not meant to do that in a work environment. That's harassment. It is sexual harassment. Let's have a witness, because yeah. this happened to me when I was temping. It wasn't quite the same. It wasn't sexual harassment. It was like, I think I've talked about it on here before. It was verbal, and it was like, threat, like I was being threatened, like he threatened yeah. to, to hit me. He would whisper this stuff to me, and then I would, one time, I was like, no one else can hear this. So I stood up and I repeated, did you just say that you would da 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 And when I said it out loud, and then when I said it out loud, people were like, what? Because it, it was really horrible, the stuff that he was saying to me. And I said, if you say that to me again, I'm going to go to HR or I'm going to go, I can't even remember. I think I said something even more sort of hyperbolic than that. I'm going to go to the police or something. But then I had witnesses. Yeah. Yes. And that is a big thing too, Jen, I wanted to point out that I was reading about and I really believe instantly deal with this. Instantly bring it to everyone's attention. Don't let it go on and then pass. The moment it occurs, you go, did you hear that? He said this. This is what happened. In the moment, deal with it, okay? Instantly. Because that is harassment. That is uncomfortable. So the sex toy stuff, yes, he's already crossed a line. Find out if he is crossing lines with other people. Make it be known. Instantly react to it. Keep a record. 100%. Okay? Respond in real time is the phrase I like to do. Respond in real time. If you lay down the law and this person crosses a line, then... I think you got to realize with a person like this, you got to be ready for breaches. So again, what are your what is your action going to be if this person does this again? I told you, I'm going to HR. I'm reporting this. Da, da, da. So be sure you have a, a statement ready, uh, you know, for for when because I think some people don't know how to tell someone to fuck off. So it's like you know you could immediately be like, oh no, that doesn't work for me, and then just repeat what they said. But again, it's an instant. It's an instant thing. Bring everyone's attention to it and find out who else he does that. Or record, record him. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. It's a bit tricky because you can't use it in the court, whatever. But if he's caught saying it, in yeah. fact, I, what I would do is not tell him I've recorded it and then when he denies it, which he would do, then bring it out. I mean, you yeah. couldn't use it in a court of law because it's been done with that or whatever. But, I mean, you know, if, if an employer can hear what he's saying. And if other people have witnessed already, like when she was like, he's, you know, other people have heard him mention about coming to the hot tub and da-da-da. To me, I'm like, okay, well, he's already... It's almost harassment already. Now, yeah. I want to go to the third problem, which is can I still be friends with his wife if this continues? I'm sorry, but... She's not a friend. She's not a friend. She has already watched him yell at you in a car. Uh, she obviously knows. And I, I probably feel bad for this woman, as you are too, which is why you want to maintain this friendship. But you know what? You've already tried to separately do things with her. He has interceded on that. I think you got to say in this instance, I'm sorry, but... Maybe not being friends with this person. Now, can you try to have a nice working relationship with her? Absolutely. Absolutely. But my guess is no matter what goes on with this cockwomble, as you referred to him, uh, it's just going to affect, you know, the relationship with this girl. And if it doesn't, then what's up with this girl? Like she's used to this sort of behavior from him. I don't know. So I think she yeah, probably is. She probably is. So I'm going to have to say, I don't know if you can maintain a friendship or if you should want to. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you want to not have problems with her at work? Okay, yeah, great. So try and establish that work friendship, I guess. But, like, I just think he they're a package deal. They're a married couple. So I don't have a lot of, like, help other than, like, I don't think this is worth it. Yes, it is sexual harassment. And deal with it directly. And just, I just think you got to set boundaries and slowly start pushing these people out of your life. 
Also, I think this guy wants a reaction. Absolutely. Don't take the bait anymore. I've got a friend whose boyfriend is exactly like that. And so what I would do, react the exact opposite of how he wanted me to react. And it used to really irritate him. I would say no reaction. Yeah. I would say none at all. Don't walk away. So I really think you got to like just establish at work. You will not take this sort of behavior. You do not accept this. Keep a diary. Keep a diary. Let other people know. Boom. As far as the friendship goes, I don't know if it's even really, I mean, is it worth it? I mean, I guess try to have nice coffees with her or whatever, but I, I'm sorry. I, I just think, like, if you don't like someone's partner, this person has learned to live with them, so there's going to be aspects of them that, you know, probably. But at the end of the day, is about reestablishing your boundaries now. And I, with work friends especially, I've always been cautious, and I think that in the work atmosphere, being cautious is, is a really good thing. Because it sounds like, look, they've had some conversations, you know, like they obviously know things about her. So I'm like, oh, you started out open. You started out. So now it's a reestablishing of boundaries. You need to find your boundaries, what makes you feel safe. And that is what you have to do is, is you're reestablishing the end yeah that is it and don't feel bad about it don't feel guilty yeah. about it you obviously don't because you're like Meh. but like unfortunately i think this woman is also a part of the boundary line like she is married to him so you know find your boundaries stick to them as far as work friends go he's probably worn down her self-esteem so that it's nothing isn't it That's sure problem. but again it's like that is not also your situation no. so that is not you know yeah and that is all of the advice or opinions I can share on that topic. Brilliant. Alison, I think that's all really good advice, actually. Um, I don't really think anyone could have said it any better. I think boundaries are really important. How you choose to define those boundaries, you'll find your own way. I do think that narcissists, if you really, really, really want to piss a narcissist off, uh, and I should know, I've had many in my life, is ignore them. Give them nothing. Ghost them. Yawn when they're talking, I found, really, really gets their goat. Um, uh, well, do what I do, turn my back on them and just go on my phone. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it, pick, a, pick a thing that, that really, you know, but I find, like, I find like looking just over their head and yawning um, and then walking <laughs> out in the opposite direction is an absolute banger. Yeah. The thing is, the second, and again, I've learned this through hardcore experience, the second you lose your rag... You tell them to fuck off. You show any sign, they see any sign of you. Engaging. Engaging or being vaguely emotional because they they won't get emotional ever. Mm -hmm. That's not what they'll do. But they love to see other people get emotional because they love to manipulate other people. That's when you're on a hiding to nowhere. And that's when they kind of are like, they, they don't, the idea that they want a good reaction from you. No, they just want a reaction. So, um... I think that's really great advice, Alison. The boundaries thing. And then you find your way about the best way for you to create those boundaries. But certainly the diary, ignoring, creating boundaries around the re- your relationship with his wife as well. Um, because there is a loyalty thing. Even if they're in an incredibly dysfunctional relationship, her loyalty will be with her husband. Yeah. So already your friendship is compromised. So... And you know what? The next time he says something to you about, uh, I want to show you my sex toys, you go, fine, you, you don't mind if I record that for you for just for HR? Because if he thinks there's nothing wrong with it, he shouldn't have a problem with you recording it. Yeah. He won't, will he? There's no way he'd do that. Yeah. yeah. Great advice, Alison. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope that was uh, of use to our listener. I'm sure it was. 
you're welcome. I, I contributed nothing, but still. And thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. I really appreciate it. The, when people share details like this, I, I, I love hearing it. You know, again, people keep it general. But when someone writes in with the details, thanks. Thanks for sharing the details and giving us some background. I really appreciate it. You're very... Thank you very much to our, our listener. And now we will be discussing our television of the week. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Boy, you look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to put it. It's called being professional, Alison. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, and I've been watching quite a few of the episodes this morning. I've been watching The Empress on Netflix. Oh. Which is something I think neither of you will want to watch, to be honest. It's in German, obviously. Um, I'm out. But I was going to say, I'm out. I'm out. It's about Sissy, who I mentioned before. Was, um, Sissy, who was like the Princess Diana of Austria, if you want to put it that way. She was last century, well, the, actually, previous century in the nineteenth century. Oh, is this set in Austria? Maureen? Set in Austria. What a oh, surprise! How unusual. And Sissy is like the princess. She had a like Diana. She was a stunning woman, married the ruler, the emperor in this case, Franz Josef. Hated court life. Absolutely. I mean, if you think the Windsors have got very strong etiquette, it was nothing compared to what it was like in Austria. In fact, they took away her first two children because she said she was too immature to look after them. 
So she never saw them for the first couple of years. Oh, God, that's awful. Yeah, absolutely hated court life, but very popular with the public, rebelled against whatever. Had a very tragic life. Her son killed himself, blah, blah, blah. And she ended up had a very tragic death. Even though it's like this was in the eight, 19th century, she's still very big. There's a very famous painting of her by Franz Savan Winterhalter. And that's, you know, you get that on chocolates and there's, there's a big business there, big industry. And anyway, it's about Sissy, this, the empress. I have to say with each episode, it's getting more and more preposterous. I don't think it's historically accurate, I suspect. <laughs> There's a countess there who's also involved with the revolutionary murderers. You think, well, yeah, because that's a likely scenario. And then you can't, it kind of explains it halfway through. There's just some stuff there which is just ludicrous. But I have watched six episodes of it. If it wasn't set in Austria, I'm not sure I would be watching it. Let's put it that way. Right. But it's very well done. It's very, it's apparently very popular. If you like historical period drama with subtitles, which is a bit melodramatic and absurd, this is the programme for you. So I guess you two will be watching it this week then, will you? Well, Maureen, not only have you not sold it, you've not sold it. <laughs> Just the description. If you like a historical period piece with subtitles. <laughs> that is historically inaccurate and not actually very good. Listen, if I'm going to invest in subtitles, it better be bloody good. <laughs> um, I think I'll swerve it, Maureen. I I'm on episode six already, though. Dear God. Of course you are. I'm sure you'll watch every single episode. Yeah, it's, it kind of doesn't matter if it's set in Austria, Alison, as you know. If it's set in Austria, Maureen will watch literally anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, great. Thank you for your recommendation, Maureen, that I, I imagine 99.9% .9 of people won't be <laughs> taking you up on. <laughs> I've been watching another Austrian <laughs> okay, thank you. So that's The Empress on Netflix, if you fancy that. I mean, do you know what? It, it sounds like a lot of fluff. It might be quite fun. So check it out. I've been watching um, Bad Sisters on Apple TV, which is a... In English? Yes, it's in English, Warren. You won't be surprised to hear. Uh, I tend to recommend things in the language that we speak. Um <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not adverse to a, a, a subtitle, actually. But Particularly if it's like a Nordic Nordic murder. I like, I like Nordic noir. I like a bit of French drama. I love the, the French comedy as well about the agents. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, call My Agent. Call My Agent. I thought that was really good, actually. I've never actually talked about that on here, but if you if you like... It's very good. It is so funny. And I didn't think the French could do comedy. <laughs> it's so awful to say that. What a xenophobe. So funny and brilliant acting and totally worth watching. And I, I haven't watched the British... Uh... Yeah, the British, the British one isn't as good. I imagine it's crap. Anyway, Bad Sisters, this is what I've been watching. It's a series which I think was based on a Flemish series called Clan and it was created by uh, Sharon Horgan, Dave Finkel and another chap whose name I don't remember. Oh, Brett Bear. So they've recreated it and it's set in Ireland and it's about these five sisters who are very, very close because of the premature death of their parents. They have sworn to take care of each other and look after each other and, and um, they're very... So can you hear that? That's my yes. children. <laughs> they have... Uh, it's half term, so it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, so these five sisters are very, very close and they look after one another. And one of them is in an abusive relationship with this chap called John Paul. And the series is set after his death, but also goes flashbacks to before his death and the mysterious death of John Paul. So his death is being investigated by an insurance company who are about to go under 
and this guy's life insurance policy is going to literally destroy this small insurance company in this village in Ireland. Ooh. And they're like, we can't let that happen. I'm pretty sure something fishy's gone on about this guy, Jean-Paul, dying. So they investigate. And the sisters clearly have something to hide. OK? And that's the premise of this show. Oh, it's um, it on. Apple. And it stars um, Sharon Horgan, who's obviously in it. It's got Anne-Marie Duff, and she plays the wife. She plays Grace, who's the wife of Jean-Paul, who loves her husband, but he is a massive, massive C-U-N-T. You, you'll recognise all of these women. They're all very brilliant actors. Eva Berthesil, Sarah Green, Eve Hewson. It's also got Brian Gleeson in it. Clive Bang plays John Paul. Uh, Michael Smiley, who plays Roger Muldoon, who is the neighbour of Grace and John Paul, who fancies Grace. So I can, you kind of feel like he's... Is he somehow involved with the disappearance of John Paul? Is he... What would he do for her? So I'm only on episode um, three, I think. But anyway, it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. And obviously, it's supposed to be a comedy. I, I mean, it's more of a... I, I feel like they've positioned it as a comedy and it has funny... There's loads of funny bits in it. But there's much more drama in it. But it is it is funny. It's lot, There's comedy in it as well. So maybe... Irish know how to do death, don't they? They, they always deal with death. I mean, the, the, first, the first scene's awake. And yeah. the body's got an erection. So that's, we're banging. <laughs> we're banging. She, she's looking over her husband's body and boom, big old erection going on there. How do we hide the erection? It's, it's definitely uh, worth a look at if you have Apple. And uh, I think Apple TV, which had absolutely nothing. Nothing when I had nothing, it. had absolutely nothing. Nothing to watch. is now quite jam-packed full of stuff. So it's definitely worth having, having a look at um Getting it, get that free month and, and see if you like it. But I definitely think Bad Sisters is worth a look at. Alison, talk to me about your horror film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I feel like I may have said this before, but I just thought it fits so well. So I was thinking about with our situation and the idea of like someone who has a partner or like a partner you're not into, evil partner. Or just So I was like, all right. So I started to think about it. I went through some uh, and I am pulling out this one which some may argue is more of a psychological thriller, not necessarily a horror, but touches my childhood. We're going with fear. Oh, Fear. Okay. Starring the amazing Mark Wahlberg as a young, hot Marky Mark, Reese Witherspoon, William Peterson, Amy Brenneman, uh, Alicia Silverstone, Silverstone, which I love her, right? She just, she is... Disappeared yeah, she's great. and it was, uh, it's delightful to see her. So, uh, Nicole Walker always dreamed of being swept away by someone special, someone strong, sexy, and sensitive who would care for her more than anything else in the world. David is all of that and more. A modern day knight who charms and seduces her body and soul, but her perfect boyfriend is not all he seems to be. His sweet facade masks a savage dark side that will soon transform Nicole's dream into a nightmare. And there is one hell of a fingering scene on a roller coaster, everyone. Yes. <laughs> that is what I remember the most is, uh, you know, she's a naive little girl and he opens her up to the ways of sexual depravity on a roller coaster, which, first off, I've just never look I saw the scene I was like okay it's hot and steamy again the realism of this it's kind of like sex in the shower like come on we know we've talked about this before I have fingering in a roller coaster as if he had that much control anyway there is one hell of a scene where she 
gets diddled on a roller coaster by I her. I guess the vibrations are, you would you just have to leave your finger there. You wouldn't have to do too much, I suppose. <laughs> I wonder. I guess that's right. So he's lazy. He's lazy is what we've learned in this fingering yeah. scene. Just rest it. Rest it there. And let's... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's great because it's all about uh, this person that you think might be great and then you get to know them and you're like, oh, trouble, warning signs. Do, 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 do. That's most relationships, isn't it? <laughs> Maureen. <laughs> Not all, Maureen. One day. Maureen, some people are happy in their relationships. <laughs> Maureen doesn't believe it. There's a majority of shit you deal with until you find the right one. I'll say that. There's probably more crap you deal with in your lifetime with relationships than good. But there there are there are good ones out there for you. <laughs> oh, my alarm just went off. Um, anyway, <laughs> this is... Wakey, wakey! This is when I... <laughs> Alarm number one. Oh, nine o'clock. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's not till like 11. But anyway, Fear, uh, Amazon Prime. I remember when that film came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a long time ago. And he is scary. Like, you do see a good flip in a character. So I thought Marky Mark actually, I keep calling him Marky Mark, sorry. This was pre-Mark Wahlberg. Good vibration. He was, he was Marky Mark. He was Marky Mark at this time. So it's a light, lovely horror, everyone. It's nothing gross. There's no blood. There's no gore. It's just a it's fun little. It's not gory little... at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a fun no. little kind of dark thriller, a little bit like, um. Yeah. What, the, what Michelle Pfeiffer did quite a few of these sort of films as well, didn't she? Where What Lies like, Beneath was the other one that beneath. I was going to re- recommend. That's the one I was thinking yeah. about, What Lies Beneath. So they're sort of more... With her and Harrison Ford, and it's more of a psychological... That's a good one. That was almost the one I was going to go for, but I'm a little more drawn to fear. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Thank yeah. you very much, Alison, for your uh, horror recommendation. Back to Maureen Younger. She's got a corner. She's stuck a thumb in it. She's pulled out a mushroom. Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that intro, Jen. Um, Yeah, okay, we'll go with that. (laughs) That just really amused me. It's cultural. Well, I'm going to go because it's going to be Halloween, isn't it? Yes! Yes! So I'm going with the theme of places to visit which have got ghosts in them. Ooh, Maureen, that's great. To be fair, I have basically borrowed a lot of these ideas from the email I get from the National Art Fund. But anyway, you don't need to let, you don't need to tell the listeners. Don't that. tell the people okay. that. So, right, first first off the list is going to be Ham House in London. Apparently, it's one of the most haunted houses in the UK. It has a woman in black and a screaming young nobleman, and it also includes Elizabeth Murray, who was the Duchess of Lauderdale. Uh, who used to own the house, and she's thought to be responsible for the suspicious deaths of both her husbands. Love it. Wow. You'd think it would be the husbands that would do the walking, but apparently it's her. So that's that's in London. So the woman in black? There's a woman in black, but that's that's somebody, that's another ghost. There's quite a few ghosts at Ham House. Yeah, right. So a woman in black has been seen at this place, is what yeah. we're saying. There's a Right, okay. okay. Yeah. And then we've got in Stockport, so not, not far from you. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, do you have a northern one? Thank you. Yeah, Lime Park. Have you ever been there? I have heard of Lime Park. Tell me about Lime Park. Well, apparently you can see a, a funeral procession can be c- crossing the grass to the house. And it's thought to be in honour of a former owner, obviously, Piers Leg, who was injured in the Battle of Agincourt in 1415. I mean, who has wow. seen this thing? I don't know. Come I mean, on. Bird watchers. 
Anyways, <laughs> this is where I've somewhere I've always wanted to go. It's near Nottingham, but you need a car from Nottingham. So I've never, I've, I can't really go by public transport, which is Newstead Abbey, which was Lord Byron's former home. It looks gorgeous. And it's meant to have numerous ghosts there, including ancestors of the poet, to a spirit who spells strongly of roses. Don't know what that's about. White lady, there's a white lady at this one. And apparently Lord Byron makes an appearance every now and then. Wow, that's quite something, isn't it? What time of the day does he pop in? I don't know, because he died in Greece, didn't he? So, um, anyways. And then there's... (laughs) Made it back, then. Just swam over. Um, Croft Castle near Leonminster, which I think is in the Midlands, and it's meant to be seven... Oh, it's meant to be the most haunted house in the Midlands, and including a seven-foot man believed to be the ghost of Welsh freedom fighter, and supported by mispronounce his name, Owen Glendower. Oh, he sounds like you nailed it, but I don't know. Who knows? I am in And it. then yeah. in Birmingham, we're back in Birmingham, it was my favourite, one of my favourite cities, Aston Hall. Number of ghosts there, if you want to visit that, including, this is quite sad, the daughter of former owner Mary, who was locked away by her father for 16 years for eloping with an illegitimate suitor. Oh, that is really oh. sad. 16 years. Yeah, that's a long time, oh, isn't it? That's prison sentence. And that's one of the most haunted sites in the UK. And then if you go to Scotland, basically any any castle, any old house in Scotland <laughs> will have a ghost because somebody's been murdered there. I mean, you could, there's no castle, I think, in Scotland where no, somebody hasn't been murdered. And I don't know if they still do that in Holyrood Palace where they used to paint... The bloodstains. I th- when I was a kid, I thought they were real. Oh, David you Ritz- told me this of Mary Queen of Mary Queen of Scots. Queen of Scots. Her favourite, David uh, Rizzio, was stabbed to death in front of her. Um, and apparently, the reason they did it in front of her because they were hoping she was heavily pregnant. They hoped that she would miscarry. Nice, it's nice Scottish politics. Anyway, they they used to paint the blood stains on the steps and stuff. And when I was young, I actually thought they were real, but obviously they just used to paint them. I don't know if they still do that now. But um, go to Glam's Castle, which is near where my folks are, Dundee, which is where the Queen Mother grew up. And um, there's numerous ghosts there, including, and it's a really um, sad story, Janet Douglas, who was, at the time, the king hated the Douglases, so he had her arrested for witchcraft and treason, which was completely made up. And I think she got... They found her not guilty at first because it was so ridiculous, the um, accusations. And then just tried her again. And then they burnt her as a witch and um, made her little son watch. Oh, my God. That's just... What is wrong with people? I know. And so her ghost... And it's a really sad story. Anyway, her her ghost apparently wanders along Glam's Castle. But, yeah, go to Scotland. You find every every old building's got at least one or two... Be I was going to say there. you could be in the Primark in Scotland. They'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, we got ghosts here. We got ghosts in the Primark. We got and like everything in Scotland." I remember the first time I went to Scotland, people were like, "You must go see the castle." I got off the train. I was like, "Look at the castle." They're like, "That's the Primark." I was like, "Oh, because everything in Scotland looks like a castle or this grandiose building." So I, I would love the idea. Let's find haunted places that are like there's a McDonald's on it's Queen co- Street. Oh, because there's <laughs> lots of Gothic Victorian. And- buildings isn't there i know it's like the like people don't know the um oh what is it the walter scott monument they just don't know what that is on edinburgh that you know that big yeah 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 people just have no idea what it is uh well i mean it pick, go to uh, tourist information is my advice uh <laughs> i don't know what that is and i've got no idea how i could possibly find out google it um google it there's probably a plaque is there a plaque with the statue <laughs> I mean, Scotland is uh, also apparently if you go into the Highlands, um, they used to have these stone houses where people would stay when they were um, either. Oh, um, yes. That's what right. they called, Maureen. Do you, do oh, you know? is it a bothy? Apparently they are also haunted. I mean, Scotland is haunted. Scotland yeah. is haunted. 
if you listen to and I and I recommended this podcast ages ago, I think in the last series, but um if you listen to Uncanny, there is a story about one of those and uh, a terrifying story of people who who have gone hiking and stayed in this is it if it's called Bothy, a Bothy yeah. and had the living bejesus um do you, do you know one of the most eerie, eerie at times for me was that Culloden, which obviously was a massive battle where a lot of Scots were killed. Um, I bet that's I was there, haunted. Yeah, I was there one morning with my family. We were, I was a kid at the time. And it, it's there's just something about it, because obviously it was, a, it was just like a killing field. And there was a piper actually playing at the various, like, there's like stones where they, where they have the name of the clans, and he was playing the bagpipes. And it was just like, and it was misty, and it was just really, really haunting. I bet. Imagine if you had yeah. seen a shadow coming out of the mist, Maureen. <laughs> I know. I know. Maureen's very practical and very, um, you know. Oh no, but I, I would jump. I, I think. Yeah. No. No. So, so would I. I'm that person that goes, "Oh, ghosts! What you? Don't be daft." But if I was in any kind of vaguely ghostly situation, I would shit the bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, they're also. I mean, even if you don't believe in ghosts, they're also interesting places to visit. So, if you like to visit those. Um, Brilliant. And you happen to live near them. That's just a suggestion. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great suggestions. And also, what a fun thing to do around Halloween. Go yeah, somewhere got... and get the living crap scared out of you <laughs> just for fun. Well, they probably will have certain events going on, won't they? Absolutely, they will. Yeah. There'll be ghost tours or ghost walks. You can do, you, you, there used to be a ghost walk in the East End of London. I never, I never did it. I don't know what it, what it involved, but. Um, I imagine it took, it takes you down parts of different parts of East London that are supposed to be traditionally haunted, and then I, I believe I heard old tube stations. They take you down and be like, "Oh, go uh, down here, okay. and this is an abandoned area." Yeah, very fun. Yeah, I'd have, I'd be up for that. Yeah. You just need something dark, don't you? Big and dark, basically. Yeah, I was going to make a really dreadful joke there, but uh, I was too. But I stopped. I was like, I "There's stopped. no need for yeah. inappropriate need sexual go, jokes at this no, time no in the need morning." To Alison. Talk about our caverns in public. <laughs> But we just did. Anyway. <laughs> so from dark caves to big raves. No, I don't know. Right, before we go into my 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 goat, I don't have one. And I have been thinking. And normally I've got like 12 in the back pocket. But I was like, I, I, I've, I've been thinking. I had I had one when Maureen and I were talking during the week. And then I promptly forgot it. And, oh, and I said to Maureen, I, I'll remember it. It's fine. And then I never did. And then I was thinking about it last night and even this morning. I was like, I haven't got one. This is, I know this is unacceptable behaviour. I understand that. But um, any ideas? <laughs> I'm okay with that. I actually kind of like that you have one week of calm, Jen. The fact that there's nothing that got your go to a point where you're like, you want to rage about it. I'm actually, you know what? Let's just embrace that and enjoy that. I think that's lovely. I don't have a goat this week. I had um, a much more relaxing week. I didn't do any shows this week uh tall shows at least i have still been traveling a lot but not uh working quite so hard and it's balanced me out a bit i feel a little bit more chill i think i just need some time off that's probably that, that every now and again i just need a day off that's what i've realized mm -hmm. i think everybody does don't they really it's i know i tell you what i'm really bad at um is 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 carving out any time for me because there's always something to do and also you know I mean as you don't know what Chloe's like um she doesn't like to see me sitting down um, <laughs> um 
But this week is half term, so I deliberately didn't book any tour shows in for the weekend and the first half of this, the half term. Obviously, Maureen and I are away at the end of the week. But, um, yeah, so it's a bit more calm, a little bit more chill, got a little bit more space. I'm going to be spending time with my children. I mean, maybe that will be what's got my goat next week, my children. <laughs> and also you're you're with your third child at the weekend, aren't you? I mean, that, again, that's already creating an anxiety I don't want to think about. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts to having Maureen support me. She's a very good support act and I love her dearly, but equally we drive each other round the bend. So you're all just going to have to find your own goat. you got to find your own goat this week, everyone. That's where we're leaving you. What's annoyed you? Find it yourself. We're not, uh, Jen, you're off the hook. Yeah, Jen not having a goat might have annoyed them. I bet you some people are like, wait a minute, I, I needed the rage at the end. Yeah. We're sorry we don't have rage. We don't have rage today, everyone. Sorry. You're going to have to find your catharsis elsewhere. Because Jen's gone zen. Zen Jen. This is what this <laughs> corner's called. The, the corner this week is, my goat is, zen, it's actually become Zen Jen. I'm now going to be talking about mindfulness. I'm going to be talking about finding Yeah, you're going to start putting those little posters on your Instagram. Hang on, I'm going to lose a section if you start talking that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to start getting mad. Are we going to switch? Is that what happens? So eventually we all just trade over? <laughs> Nobody wants that. Yeah, I do horror films. Well, it'll just be like, I mean, we'll be replacing horror films with what Austrian movie have you watched, Maureen? <laughs> what Austrian soap opera have you watched? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we've, for various reasons, we've zipped through this week's uh, episode. And I think that that's A-OK. I'm off to London with my children. I'm going to take them out for a day in the big smoke. They're very excited. We're going to go on a boat. We're going to wave at Big Ben. Ooh. Oh, that's we, brilliant. The boat journey's lovely. We're going to pop into the British Museum and look at Tutankhamun. And then we're going to go home. So thank you very much for... Um, oh, dear. It's very hard to wrap this shit up, isn't it? Well... How do you end a podcast? We don't know. I could talk about Austrian literature. OK, shut it down. No, it's, it's over. over. Goodbye. It's over. <laughs> Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTB, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Or you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that did. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.